We've been on a series this month. Of, it's all about Jesus. Amen. And we've been talking about the attributes of Jesus. And, and I believe that the more uh, understanding you get uh, about the Son of God, the more understanding you get about Jesus, the stronger your faith is going to become. And you're going to be like a rock that's not able to be moved by anything. Do you believe that today? And so we've been talking about Jesus all month this month. And we talked about in the first session that Jesus uh, qualifies to be our best friend. Why? Because he um, lived in a human body. He suffered all the things that we suffer down here. And he qualifies. The Bible says he qualifies to be our high priest. So Jesus knows what, it like, what it's like to be a human. Amen? And so he experienced all the human frailties that we experience in this life. We also found out that Jesus is the miracle worker. And it doesn't matter what, you, what you're encountering today, what, uh, what obstacles that may seem to be against you. Jesus can do a miracle in your life. And guess what? He's not just doing it in the Bible. He's doing it today. Amen. And there's miracles that are happening every day. And I've seen miracles through uh, the ministry. And, and Jesus is still working miracles. Do you believe that today? And then Jesus, we've, we discovered that Jesus is our shepherd. And that means that he wants to take care of us. We just need to trust him. I think the problem is that we, we have a tendency as Christians, we have a tendency of wanting to take care of our own selves. And sometimes when we're walking this walk, we have a tendency to try to walk in our own strength. But we need to cast our cares on the Lord and allow God to lead us and guide us into all truth. Amen? And so that's a challenge that a lot of times we have in our faith walk. And then we found out that Jesus is coming back again. Amen. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to him coming back. You know, back in the day when, when Jesus, uh, when the disciples, when Jesus was already raised from the dead and they were creating churches and the new churches, they would have a, they would have a saying to each other because they were believing that Jesus, they were under great persecution and they were believing that Jesus could return even in that century. And they would say, Maranatha, which means Lord, come quickly. And I don't know about you, but uh, how many people want the Lord to come quickly? Amen. I'm telling you, heaven is so much better. Amen. Then we found out that Jesus is our healer. And, I, you know, Jesus is healing people today. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, there, there's healing in the stripes of Jesus. Glory to God. And sickness is not a blessing from God. It's a curse from the devil. And Jesus came to heal us of our wounds. you believe that today? And then we found out that Jesus is the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. And I love that saying because that's in the book of Revelation. He's slain from the foundation of the world. Think about that. In other words, before God created us, uh, he already knew when he created us, he gave us. This is the most powerful thing he has given us is a free will. And so that was a big risk that God took, giving us a free will, because, because with free will, we can choose to either obey him or disobey him. So that's the most powerful thing we possess as people on this planet is a free will. Aren't you glad that God gives you freedom? Amen. Amen. Because love does not control. 
Love gives freedom. Is that awesome? And so he gives man. So he, but, but he knew that man could mess up. And in his divinity, he understood that Adam and Eve had that possibility of falling. And they did. But, but God already had it set up from the foundation of the world that Jesus would pay the price. In other words, there's a solution to the problem that you're encountering today. And God already has that solution. Do you believe that today? God has already set it up. Wherever we have a problem, God already, already has the solution. Amen. And so today I want to talk to you today about Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Amen. So Jesus is the resurrection and life. Jesus actually said that uh, to, to, to Martha and what was amazing about this was, is that Jesus said that when he raised Lazarus from the dead. And, uh, you know, I'm going to say this, that there might be some dead things in your life. There might be some, some, some areas in your life that you feel like it cannot be resurrected. But I'm going to say this to you today. Nothing is too late for God. And no matter if it looks too late, it's never too late. And it wasn't too late for Lazarus. And what was interesting about this story was that Jesus allowed some time to wait for Lazarus to die so he could raise Lazarus from the dead to reveal the glory of God. Jesus has power over death. Amen. Amen. And so we got to get that revelation. So, so today I'm talking to you that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. So, so really, we're not focusing on the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin, and he was. Which means that Jesus had perfect blood that he shed for all mankind. We're not focused on just the miracles that he did, and he did many miracles. He calmed the storms. He turned water to wine. He, he, uh, he expanded loaves and, and fish, and he fed the thousands. Jesus did all these miracles, and that reveals about his deity of who he is. I'm not focusing on just the miracles he did in his earthly ministry. I'm not just focused on his teachings, which his teachings were so awesome. And the, and the words that he said were so out of the box that, that other religious leaders cannot even compare to what Jesus said. Amen. Jesus actually said that he is the way, the truth and the life. And no man can go to the father but through him. Amen. Jesus actually forgave sins. Yes. Jesus allowed people to worship him. So that tells him that Jesus is God. Ooh, man, that's powerful. Jesus is God. I mean, we got God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and, and God the Holy Spirit, Trinity, three in one. It's a mystery, but Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus even predicted. He said, I don't, I don't, you know, nobody takes my life. Jesus says, I lay my life down willingly and I can take it back up. So Jesus, and, and Jesus said, this is the command that the father has given me. Woo! Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, Jesus knew who he was in Christ, amen, in himself. He knew who he was in God, amen? And so Jesus took up his life. And some say, well, did Jesus raise himself or did God raise him? Or did the Holy Spirit? All three. <laughs> the whole Trinity. It took the entire Trinity to raise Jesus uh, 
from the dead. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? So, so today I'm, I'm talking to you and I want to focus on this truth today is that Jesus was raised from the dead. And this is the pinnacle of the Christian's faith. The pinnacle of the Christian faith is not just that Jesus was virgin born or did miracles or claimed to be God. No, the pinnacle of the Christian faith is that Jesus was raised from the dead. And I'm going to say this, you know, there's religious leaders and there's religious leaders, heads of other religions that people believe and have, have put these people in the place of God. But these people are still in the grave. But Jesus is not in the grave. He's alive and sitting at the right hand of the Father. I like what it says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 12 through 17. This is Paul. And some people were, 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 were not, they, they were talking to Paul and they were saying, Paul, there's no resurrection. And there are some people that are buying into a lie that there's not going to be a resurrection. There is a resurrection. Amen. And we're all going to be resurrected at the end. And we're all going to be judged. Amen. And it says here now, if Christ is preached uh, that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no res resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes. And we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he, was, he raised up Christ, whom he did not uh, raise up, in the fact that the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. So that's pretty strong. So, but, but, but then he says it in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so, so Jesus w was raised from the dead. And this is the key. This is something that we can look forward to as Christians. You as a Christian only have a down payment of your salvation. Hello. In other words, we are, we are saved. We're being saved. We're in a process of being saved. But it's not complete until we get our resurrected bodies. See, Jesus tasted everything for us. Amen. Uh, you know, it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, uh, it says this. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What did Jesus do when he was on the cross? What, what, what happened when he went through the crucifixion? Why did he have to go to the cross? And, and you know, it, it's amazing because his death is so out of the box. There, there's no religious leader that went through uh, uh, the torture, went through uh, the crucifixion like Jesus. Jesus paid the price. In Hebrews 11, 1, 4, it says it this way. It says, God, who at various times in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in this last day spoken to us by his Son, whom he had appointed heirs of all things, to whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and holding, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, 
sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high and become so much better than the angels as he, by inheritance, obtained a more excellent name than they. Talk about Jesus. What did Jesus do? He purged our sins. He purged our sins at the cross. Amen. I like what it says in Colossians. It says, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made us alive together with him, having forgiven you of all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting and the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and has taken it out of the way and have nailed them on the cross. What did Jesus do when he was on the cross? He, he paid for our sins. He, he not only just forgave us of our sins, he didn't only pay for our sins for God to forgive us. No, he wiped our sins clean. In other words, our sins was nailed on the cross. I like that. I like that because, you know, that tells me as a Christian, I don't have to walk this life perfectly. I don't have to be a perfect Christian. I, I can put my faith and trust in a perfect Savior. That means that I don't have to keep beating myself up when I miss it. Because if I miss it, if I miss the mark, if I sin, I can just come to Jesus, which is my high priest, ask forgiveness, and his blood will continue to cleanse me from all, 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 what's all? All unrighteousness. In other words, his blood gives us the ability to stand before God without any fear, without any condemnation. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? His blood gives us the power, I'm telling you, to walk in, in, into with God without condemnation. In other words, his blood is powerful blood. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I like what it says. I like what it says in 1 Corinthians 5:21. For he made him who know no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So what happened when Jesus was going through the crucifixion? The Bible says right here that he was made sin. I don't know how that works. But that's what the word of God says. He was made sin. He was made. Why? So listen, listen, we don't earn our way to heaven. We don't earn our righteousness. It's not about our good works and going to church. It's not all about it. All that's part of us walking with God. But that doesn't get us to heaven. No, no, no. Jesus was made sin so that we can be made righteous. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? We, were we didn't earn righteousness. We were made righteous when we received Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. You can't grow in righteousness. You can't get any more righteous than you are today. Amen. But you can grow in holiness. You can get more separated to God. You can grow more in holiness. You can grow in faith. Your faith can grow. And you can grow in faith, but you can't get any more righteous than the day that you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? I'm telling you, you are the righteousness. Say this. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. So what happened to Jesus after he died on the cross for those three days? Have you ever thought about that? What happened? Once he paid the price for mankind's sin, what happened? In the three days, in Matthew 12, 40, Jesus says it this way. 
For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So what did Jesus do when, 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 he, when he gave up his ghost? What, what did he do? The Bible says that he descended into the depths of hell. And why did he do that? He did that. And Colossians 2.15 says that he did that so he could disarm principalities. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Disarm principalities and powers, and he made a public spectacle of them. In other words, he had to look like a sinner for the devil to allow him to be in his domain. He had to look like he was rejected by God. And he had to look like a sinner that he messed up. And he had to look so bad that the devil said, oh, he must have messed up. Let's receive him into hell. And as soon as they received Jesus into hell, Jesus woke up. His, his light, bright light of his, of his essence uh, filled the hell and the demons started running. So what did Jesus do down there? He, he did two things. He took the, the, the keys of death and hell from the enemy. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Jesus holds the keys of death and hell. And he's our Savior. He's our Lord. And we're his disciples. So if he holds the keys, we hold the keys as well. We have the power, amen? You have the power over death in your life. And what you may say, what do you mean by that? I mean, listen, listen, uh, you have the power to speak the promises of God's word. You have the power to extend your life by standing on the promises of God's word. And when you stand on the promises of God's word, you can cause your life to increase and be a, be a blessing, amen? Do you believe that today? You have power in your words. I like what the Bible says. The Bible says in Psalm, I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. There's power in our words. You believe that today? So, so Jesus, he, 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 did, he, he preached. Uh, he, he, um, he took the keys of, of death and hell. And also, number two, he preached to the captives in hell and the Bible, and a lot of people don't realize this that hell before jesus went up and presented his blood that hell had two parts one part was called abraham's bosom and the other part uh was was where the the dead abode where where, where the, the the people in that part of hell were being tormented and so there were two parts of hell. In Abraham's bosom, it is, it's talked about in Luke 16 when Jesus talks about hell and he talks about the rich man and Lazarus dying. And in this, some say it's a parable, but Jesus, whenever he, he talked about parables, he never mentioned names. So I believe this was a real story of Lazarus and the rich man that went to hell. And the Bible says that Jesus said that the rich man uh, went to hell, but the, but the, uh, the uh, beggar, the poor man, went into Abraham's bosom. And the Bible says there uh, that in, in hell, the, the rich man looked up his eyes. He was burning in flames. He was, he was, he was uh, in torment. And, you know, in hell, you have a body. In hell, you're going to feel pain. In hell, you're going to remember everything that you've done on the earth. In hell, you will, you're going to live forever. 
See, that's why Jesus paid this awesome price, because you know what? He doesn't want anybody going there. He paid this awesome price. He was crucified. And I believe that what he received as, as being crucified, it, it was a taste of what hell is like for the person that will not receive Christ. When Jesus, Jesus was whipped, Jesus was whipped with a cat of nine tails. His flesh was pulled off his body. Think about the, the, what Jesus went through. Uh, he, he, uh, uh, they, did, they took a crown of thorns and they shoved it on his head. And, and, you know, and, and then they uh, put, put him on a cross and he put spikes through, through his hands and his feet. And they did, and you're like, wow, that is so grotesque. That is so terrible. Why? Why did God allow that? Because sin has a price that needs to be paid. And I'm so glad Jesus paid the price for my sin. I'm so glad that I don't have to go to a cross. I'm so glad that I don't have to get spikes in my hands. I'm so glad that Jesus paid the price. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? He paid the price for us so that we can walk in victory and we can walk in his life, glory to God. He is the resurrection and the life. I like what it says. Uh, I like what it says that Jesus, you know, he preached the victory. And it says here in Hebrews 9, 12, that once he was raised from the dead, you know, he was raised from the dead. And in one in the account of John, verse 20, we, we see that Mary goes to the tomb and she see and she goes. She's the first one that goes to the tomb and she notices the the, the, the boulder is removed and she knows that Jesus body's not in there. But she sees two angels, one at the head uh, and one at the feet where Jesus was at. And that, that represents the cup, uh, the the Ark of the Covenant, because they had two angels on each side. But that's another message. And so the angel said, why, why are you looking for, for the dead? For he is living. And then Jesus appeared to her and Jesus appeared to Mary and, and, and Mary wanted to cling to him. And he, and Mary, and Jesus said to her in, in John 20, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, my God and your God. So we see that Jesus, when he, when he did all his work, the three days that he was in the heart of the earth, he was, ra he was raised up, and he, he, before he went to, to the Father, he, he said to her, don't touch me. But then, just a little bit later, he allowed Thomas, that did not see Jesus the first time with the disciples, he allowed Thomas to touch him. Why? Because Jesus had to ascend to the Father, and he had to present his blood to, uh, in, in the throne room of God, and he presented his blood on, on the judgment seat, and turned the judgment seat of God to the mercy seat of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In other words, thank God my judgment was placed on Jesus and I'm not going to be judged for my sins. Uh, my sins were judged at the cross. Thank God I can walk with God. I can walk in freedom. I can walk in, 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 in everlasting life because my faith and trust is not in my good works. My faith and trust is not in my mess ups. My faith and trust is in Jesus. Jesus. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And you put your faith and you keep putting your faith and trust in Jesus. You, you, that's the way we maintain our, our, our salvation is we keep believing. 
Because the enemy is going to get some of us uh, to, to question and to question, is there a God? And is Jesus really the Savior of the world? And, and, and he's going to try to get us to question the goodness of God, especially when we're encountering some dead areas in our lives. And I'm going to say this, that, that, that I'm going to say this to you today. You just need to believe. That's what Jesus said to Martha at the grave site of, of Lazarus. He said, Martha, if you will only believe, you will see the glory of God. And what we need to do when we're dealing with struggles in our life, when we're dealing with weaknesses, when things aren't going right, we need to put our faith, we need to put our trust in a living God. Put your trust in God. I love what it says in Hebrews 9, 12. It says, now with the blood of goats and calves, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered in the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. In other words, you know, there's some faiths and some Christian faiths that celebrate, you know, the death of Jesus, you know, and, and, and they make a big celebration of the death of Jesus, but they don't really make a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. It's the death. They have parades about that. But you know what? We need to be celebrating the resurrection life of Jesus because Jesus isn't dead. He's not on the cross anymore. I don't wear, listen, I don't wear a cross with Jesus on it. Amen. He's off the cross. If I'm wearing a cross, it's Jesus off the cross. He's on the throne. And when Jesus presented his blood, then God said, you qualify to be a high priest for the people. And, and Jesus' ministry continues today. And what is he doing? He's praying for us. He's praying that our faith won't fail. Jesus is interceding for you today. And if I'm telling you, you might be going through a problem, you might be going through an issue, but Jesus, the Son of God, is praying that your faith won't fail. You believe that today? I'm telling you, Jesus' ministry is continuing to go on and on. I like what it says in Hebrews 4.16. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, it's interesting to me when Jesus said it was finished, the Bible says that was a, there was a veil that was in the temple. And in that, in that temple, the priests used to do sacrifices. And there's a place in the temple called the Holy of Holies. And only the priests could go in there once a year and, 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 and to, to present a sacrifice for the whole, all the people. And it was a, the Holy of Holies. It's called the Holy of Holy Place. And it had a veil that was thick and it separated from, from, uh, from the other areas of the temple uh, where they did other sacrifices. And the Bible says when Jesus said it is finished, the Bible says it was an earthquake and that, and that, and that, uh, that separation, that, that curtain that was like very thick was torn from top to bottom. So what is that saying to you today? That's saying that now God's glory doesn't just reside in a temple. No, Jesus died so God's glory can reside in you. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, resurrection power, Jesus walked in it. But I'm going to say to you today, you can walk in resurrection power today because Jesus lives in you. 
In other words, there's nothing you can't overcome. In other words, whatever you're dealing with in this life, you have resurrection power. In other words, you there's nothing. No, there's no devil in hell that's powerful enough to bring you down. Those devils were defeated 2,000 years ago. Jesus defeated them. And we just walk in the victory by being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? When Jesus went to the cross, he paid for our sins. He became sin. He made us the righteousness of God. And then he sent the Holy Spirit to indwell the church. And now we have the power of God working. Listen, you can't lose. You got God on the inside of you. You have the mighty one on the inside of you. So it's you, you just got you got to get into church. If you haven't been in church in a while, I see some of you guys just coming out. You need to get into church. You need to build your faith up. You need to get a revelation of who you are in Christ. And I'm saying to you today, some, there you, you might be dealing with some areas in your life, but when you start putting your faith and trust in a living Savior, He will straighten your life out and He will raise you up. The Bible says He will raise up the humble. He will raise you up. And when we humbly submit ourselves to God and start obeying His Word, man, He's going to bring us to victory every time. And the Bible says he's going to make us into mighty conquerors. Do you believe that today? See, listen, you may feel like a loser today. You may feel like I'm losing in this area. I'm losing in that area. No, as you build yourself in faith, as you keep coming to church and you hear the word of God, you start, God will start revealing to you who you are, what you have, and what you can do in him. And pretty soon you will become just like your savior, Jesus. The Bible says we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, amen? And we're going from faith to faith, from glory to glory, through victory to victory. Do you believe that today? Amen. I'm looking at victors and not victims. You are victors in Christ because Jesus has made us victors. Do you believe that today? Did you receive it today?